Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome. The world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Ron Uncut Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the fabulous, fabulous edition of the World Famous. Jiggy Jaguar radio program, coast to coast, to border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. Or check out J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.us. Amazing show today here on 50 Plus AM FM Station. Also, iHeartRadio as well. Coming up, we've got some great guests. Our great regulars are going to be here as well. But let's tell you about one of our fantastic, fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing. I have found a new addiction, kids. The Wine and Shout Podcast. They talk and laugh over wine in their bedroom about what happens in the 30s get real. Because nothing turns out the way that you thought. Parenting, divorce, marriage, friends, nothing is off limits. They also have audio people watch as well. They interview people from Uber drivers to Hooters waitresses. Oh, my God, it's absolutely amazing. Check out Wine and Shout Pod on Twitter. Also, Wine and Shout on Instagram. And go over there and like their Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash wine and shout podcast check it out today let's go to our first segment here on the world famous Chiggy check wire radio program this call is now being recorded can we kill the house right yes sir uh can i confirm that it is james correct you're going to do an interview yes yes yes, yes excellent yes. thank you very much stand by Okay, you can say hi in 10 seconds. Thank you very much. And you have a hard out at about 19, okay? Thanks. No problem. Hi, James. Hi, James. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing very well, thank you. Well, talk to us a little bit about your background. Oh. Uh, um... Okay, um, sorry about that. Um, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I started swimming um, when I was seven years old um, on a rec team. It's just it's hot in the summers in Arizona, and 
mom put my um, brother and I uh, into a rec swimming program, and um, and I just loved it. I loved swimming, and and I um, I love the water, and and that the rest is history. <laughs> well, tell us about the topic this morning. Pardon? Tell us about the topic this morning. Yeah, so the topic this morning um, is around milk, and it's, it's really been something that's been a part of my life and my diet since before I started swimming. I mean, I remember growing up, and I'm one of four kids, so, you know, my parents would serve kind of a big family meal, and we always had, um, a, you know, glass of milk on the table with dinner or, um, you know, with cereal and breakfast in the morning. Um, it's always been kind of a constant staple and has definitely been something that as I I've been swimming, um, something that my parents have, have put in as, as a conscious effort to get in just a immense amount of nutrients and such a dense um, drink um, that I've just used throughout really my entire career up till today. Well, uh, t- t- tell us a little bit more. Um, well, um, like... More specifics. <laughs> yes, give us give us more details. On milk. Yes, yes. G- give us give give us more details on the uh, topic of the interview today. Sure. Well, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's definitely been um, a part of my you know kind of life all growing up. It's it's been a staple in our house. It's always have at least a gallon or two of milk in the in the fridge, I know growing up we would always, like, my, me and my siblings would fight over, like, what was the best, and so my mom was just awesome and accommodating, so we'd always have, like, non-fat, 1%, 2% whole milk, like, we'd have, like, an array of milks, just in case, um, and I remember, um, actually, as I, I recently had posted um, the commercial that my mom and I did on my Facebook uh, page, and I had one of my old friends um, that I swam with. I know we were probably 10 or 11 growing up, and she commented on the thing on the post that you know it was, it was awesome to see the commercial, and that um, she remembers growing up. My mom used to we used to carpool with a ton of swimming friends, and um, you know she'd pick us up in like our big suburban and fill it up with like six or seven swimmers, jump in, go home, and she'd make up these breakfast burritos that had like anything and everything from the fridge in them. They were awesome, and then a glass of milk, and that's what we had, um, you know, before, before, like, between practices to fuel us for the next practice, and um, and it was just funny because she commented on this post and said, like, I didn't even drink milk, but at the Leverance house, I did drink milk, so, um, you know, it's true that it's just, it's just been uh, kind of fun to hear those experiences and remember all these <coughs> memories of, of early swimming and, and having uh, milk be a part of that, um, and part of that process, and still very much um, a part of what I drink today. I mean, just on my way here, um, I had I make like a really big smoothie in the morning. So I put in fruit and I put in greens, and and the liquid I always use is milk, just to get in protein and get in just so many other nutrients that um, you know I can really kind of jam pack it into one smoothie. And that's I mean, that's what I did, you know, through throughout my swimming career is kind of fueling me in that way. Um, where throwing milk into my oatmeal or milk into my smoothie or drinking a glass of milk before practice, it's, um, it's definitely been a great way of getting in a lot of nutrients. So you've had a lot of accomplishments in your swimming career. What are you most proud of? Oh, that's a hard question. 
I think the easy answer is that I'm most proud of winning um, a bronze medal at the 2012 Olympic Games. But um, I think I'm also really proud of, you know, recently I got third at the 2016 Olympic trials, um, and they talk, take, take top two, and I was second, I was third by .05, so just fractions of a second. Um, and as much as that race really stung, and I would really rather be in Rio right now getting ready to race, um, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the journey. I'm really proud of the experiences I've had. I'm really proud of kind of between 2012 and 2016. I had some really great moments and some really like, like you know, I won gold medals at the Pan American Games, but I also failed to qualify for world championships. So I had some really like awesome moments and, and not very good ones. And just the fact that um, I'm proud of putting together a really good race and fighting as hard as I can and you know, leaving it on the pool, um, you know, to be a little stereotypical, but, um, you know, in some ways I'm I'm proud of getting third at Olympic trials. You're featured in the National Milk Life ad campaign. Tell us about what it's been like to be part of that. It's been so fun. I mean, shooting the ad campaign was, uh, was really, really fun for both of us. We got to fly to L.A. together, um, and it was fun. I got to meet the other girls that were cast for, like, younger Caitlin, um, and they were really cute and awesome to get to talk to. And um, the whole production, um, meeting the director and, and everyone involved in that was, was such an honor and such an honor to be involved um, involved in that. And, and we just had so much fun. Um, and, and it's really it's so true. I mean, my mom has, has been – I mean, they were really involved um, in asking me questions when they were, you know, writing the script for that. And, and it's true. My mom has been involved every step of the way. Um, you know, driving me to practices and, and wipe, wrapping the towel around me when we'd run through the house. Like, those are all, like, real-life things. So um, it was fun for us to kind of have those have that moment shared um, on, on camera. And then um, it's really fun to get to, like, see it on TV. <laughs> We've got a great guest with us today. Tell us a little more about uh, – tell us about your career. Um, yeah, so I, I, like I said, I started swimming when I was seven. I started swimming um, on a club team when I was eight, um, and I remember being 10 years old um, and looking at um, watching the 2000 Olympic Games, and they were held in Sydney, Australia, and I remember watching the, you know, red, white, and blue wearing jackets like this and, and, um, and just with that American flag cap they're wearing, and I remember saying, like, that's what I want to do one day. I want to represent my country. I want to stand on the podium. And so I, I you know, set my mind to it. I worked really hard. Um, I had awesome coaches, a really great family support, um, teammates. Um, I swam at Cal from 2009 to 2013, which um, was some of the best four years of my life. I absolutely loved my collegiate experience. We won a couple national titles individually and relays and as a team. And um, it was just, an, and it's been an honor and a privilege to keep training um, at Cal and under Terry McKeever, who is the head Olympic coach of 2012, um, the London Games. And um, I don't know, I'm, I, it's like very reflective kind of right now as the Olympics come around uh, to look back on my career. And there's been just some really special, amazing moments and a lot of growth and some really hard moments, and um, and I wouldn't have it any, any other way. Where can we go for more information? 
Uh, well, you can definitely check out MilkLife.com. It has information on, um, on Milk, on me, on some of the other athletes that Milk sponsors, um, as well as my social media channels and, and Milk's own social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. We all kind of put out um, little blips about the different kind of ads we shot and, and little tidbits here and there about Milk and, and what, a, what a great uh, nutrient-packed drink it is. Awesome stuff. Have yourself a wonderful day. Today's podcast is brought to you by Amazon. It's really easy to support the Jiggy Jaguar experience before you shop on Amazon. And we all know you do. Go to the website, jagshow.com. Click on the Amazon banner on the homepage. It's that easy. Remember, that's jagshow.com. Click the Amazon banner before you shop. Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls. Cranking the heat this winter will lead to an expensive energy bill. Prevent these high costs by making your energy use more efficient. Lower the thermostat. For every degree you lower your thermostat for a period of at least eight hours, you could make your heating bill 1% cheaper. Cover up draft costs. You can save as much as 30% on energy bills by covering up drafts coming in from windows and doors. If you're in need of a quick fix, temporarily cover up windows with insulated plastic, trapping the heat inside. Change your furnace filter. The dirtier the air filter, the more restrictive the airflow will be, resulting in a heating system working harder and your energy bill to be higher. Reverse the blade direction of your ceiling fan. It can take up to 10% off your heating bill. Remember this tip when daylight savings comes around, turning back or forward your fans along with your clocks. For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. Welcome back to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn. iTunes, radio loyalty, Stitcher, and of course our brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our app. And also find us on Red Nation Radio today as well. And uh, election 2016, we're going to be uh, live coverage on a series of networks. We're going to be pulling this together kind of at the last minute because uh, (laughs) there's been some... Some technical issues, I guess I should say, on uh, uh, on on someone's end, not ours, but uh, on 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 a few folks that we work with uh, each and every year when we do these uh, when we do the every four years when we do these election specials. Uh, we've got a more details on that later. Uh, we've got a great guest with us today. She's a beloved Good Samaritan, Anne Marie Huff. She's the author of a consistently best-selling book, Animal Lover. And she's with us today here on the telephone. Welcome to the broadcast. How are you, Anne? I'm fantastic. I'm happy to be here. Now, tell us a little bit about Animal Lover. This is a great book. Tell us all about it. The book is about my experience as an animal communicator and how I grew up on a farm, my experiences when I was young in Illinois, and getting to know animals there. And then... I talk about I had chronic pain, and when I did that, I started going anywhere and everywhere because I passed out when I was driving, so I needed to do something else besides drugs, and I found out I was a medium, and I was getting a message I was supposed to talk to animals, so in the training, we talked to animals on the other side, 
And then I came back to Tucson and I started talking to animals that are present, too. So it's exciting and different and wonderful, and it answers a lot of questions for people. And a lot of times I solve, I'm a problem solver. Anne Marie Huff with us today. She joins us live here on our broadcast. Her latest book is Animal Lover, and she joins us today here on our broadcast. Now, uh, why did you decide to write this book? I wrote it because I had to explain to people what it is I do as an animal communication expert and how I got these gifts. And also, what I found out working with animals, and that's that every animal comes with a purpose for the human that they contact, and they like a job. So a lot of the behavior issues with dogs and cats are that they have too much free time. Now, uh, this this book is uh, is incredibly well written. Tell me about the writing process for the book. What I did is I wrote down things that impacted my life when I was young that changed my life in the way I, I handle how I look and interact with animals. And then I went to the five most common reasons people call me and wrote about those issues and the memorable things I learned from working with those clients and their people. We've got Anne-Marie Huff with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, a brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. And uh, this this book, Animal Lover, is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Tell me a little bit about what you want readers to take away from your writing. I want readers to take away hope. If you read my book, 90% of the people that read it come away with the fact that there are miracles in life, that love goes beyond death and love goes beyond species, that our animals do love us. They know that they love us and they can communicate with us a lot better than most people realize. And Marie Huff with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Coast to coast, to border to border, animal lover is the latest. Uh, what elements uh, did you draw upon and develop this book? Well, as far as your background and 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 talking with animals and 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 all those elements, what elements did you okay. take to draw upon to develop this book, Anne Marie? First of all, I grew up on a farm that was a dairy farm and hogs, so I was around cats. Come with dairy farms my whole entire life, and then I got horses when I was eight, and I've always had horses. I've showed paints for twenty years. Um, at the national and world level, and I've been working with dogs now for 20, 30 years, too. So I looked at all those aspects. I have a master's in animal science immunology, so I know animals from the scientific side. I sold pharmaceuticals for medical people for 20 years, and so I, I wouldn't believe in this if it didn't ring really true and change lives so dramatically like it does. It's Anne-Marie Huff. She joins us today here in our broadcast. Give us the uh, profile the typical reader is going to love this book, Animal Lover. The people that love this book are people that want to get to know their animal and their pets better, people that want to know about intuitive talking to people and um, communication with animals and also with themselves. There's a lot of stories in there about people interacting with their animals, obviously, but there's also life lessons that I and other people have learned about 
things like reincarnation and love continuing and the fact that we create our own reality by our thoughts. Um, anybody that's into the metaphysical or wants to have hope or be um, inspired will love this book. And Marie Huff with us today. Animal Lover is the latest from her. Um, wh- why did you decide to write this book, and who's your target audience? Again, I decided to write it because there are people out there that want to get closer to their animals, and they don't know how. There's, and trust me, dogs and cats want to get closer to their people, too, and don't know how sometimes. So it's kind of like I built a bridge between the species of animals and humans and I go over in the book how to start doing it yourself and how to get closer and more in tune with your animals and what they like and what they come for to be with your house and you. It's Anne-Marie Huff. She joins us today here in our broadcast. What's the overall theme of the book? The overall theme is that really there's communication with everybody. Even humans, believe it or not, even though we're on the radio, but supposedly in person, like 86% of human interaction is nonverbal. And so we get a lot of information from animals that is nonverbal that we understand and they understand. And the more you work with them, the more you understand them and the more benefit everybody, the people, animals, uh, the environment, get out of working together. I've talked to animals that have saved their own life several times by either medical conditions or, you know, what they, they, they know stuff we don't know. Yes. You know, they know that maybe going down that road might not be a good thing, and we should take advantage of that knowledge. It's Anne Marie Huff. She joins us today here on a broadcast, 21 minutes after the hour. And, uh, Anne, uh, what, what, what's next for you, and how can fans reach out to you? First of all, I have a website that's just annemariehoff.com. Okay. And my book is on Amazon and on Kindle. And I also have a store. You'll see my calendar there where I've been I'm going here in the fall. I'm an artist, so I'm doing some of the art scenes and things like that. And my next book is, I'm doing a book on blessings, and I'm doing a book on Don't Stop at the Rainbow Bridge, Go All the Way to Heaven. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you being with us today, and thanks for coming on the broadcast. You're welcome. I appreciate nice it. You. Have yourself a wonderful day. Anne Marie Huff with us today. We're going to take a time out. <sighs> Oh, I just, is it just that the guests today just don't want to talk? Is that, is that what's going on? I don't know. We're going to take a time out, come back and forth. This is The Risk Takers from Entrepreneurs Club Radio. Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, became a billionaire who gave away much of his fortune. However, his life didn't start out like the normal American story. Not at all. Dave's biological mother was an unmarried teenager who didn't want this tiny baby. At six weeks, he was adopted. Things continued to be a bit dicey for Dave when his adopted mother died when he was five. 
His father then took Dave around the country trying to find a job. Not a great way to start a life. But there was something about him, an inner drive that many entrepreneurs have that can overcome poverty, loneliness, and no education. Yes, Dave even dropped out of high school. Mr. Thomas's beginning never deterred him from success. He gave no excuses. He just forged ahead when many people wouldn't. Do you have that drive? Do you make excuses? If so, it's time to change. How about starting today? Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. The Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program continues. It is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app. Available on the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our app. Check it out today, JiggyJaguar.us. And uh, we are going to take... We're going to show, or we're going to play right now, an interview that uh, my Sunday radio show co-host Israel had uh, fairly recently with a uh, libertarian activist, libertarian enthusiast on race relations and the Colin Kaepernick situation. And uh, we are going to go to that right now. Coming back after this, we'll talk to Donna Carol Voss. Take it away, Israel. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Is. I just uh, had a good friend in the studio, man. We had some good uh, fun. But um, today we got a special show. We're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick and this whole thing. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to give some interesting commentary this week. Maybe you were able to tune in to my facebook live when i kind of talked about it already but if you didn't yeah you're in tune for a great show today man and uh without further ado let's get it cracking. yes we, we we have with us today also uh de niro dj you know who and uh you you guys thanks for being with us on the show i appreciate it hey, guys. i so appreciate it yeah, man. appreciate you guys it's man. always good to see you hey israel it's always good to see you definitely brother Jiggy Jaguar. Uh, let's keep up that business hey. we talked about yesterday <laughs> we definitely gonna chop let's it do up, that y'all. we're gonna we're and gonna... uh before any further ado man i gotta i gotta say this is the most important thing that i'm gonna say today happy birthday to my mother hey happy birthday okay. mama. <laughs> happy birthday mama we love you Definitely. And uh, I appreciate you guys for being with us today. But uh, if you're listening to us live on the stream, uh, keep listening because th- th- this is going to be an interesting uh, situation uh, coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, IsraelIZ316.com is the website if you want to uh, check out Israel's stuff. And uh, we've got a great guest with us here on the line. Good to see you guys. Michael Karolchek is going to be with us here in a few moments. CEO of Spartacus Strategies, a leading libertarian activist. Good to see you, man. And uh, 
health guru, sports analyst, contributor to DailySurge.com, and of course ClashDaily.com. Michael's uh, Michael uh, basically opens, runs, and revamps gyms across the country, fitness centers. Uh, he does this up and down the East Coast, and he's with us today. Israel, take it away, my friend. Michael's on the line. Michael, how you doing today, brother? Thank you for having me, man. Um, uh, discuss this uh, today. Uh, so, of course, everybody who's listening, the thing we'll talk about today is Colin Kaepernick and his uh, protests. Uh, first, let me say that Kaepernick isn't the first, you know, athlete to protest of any kind. It's my personal opinion that uh, he did a great job. I'm proud of him. He had a lot to risk and uh, really little to gain from it. And he made a political statement, which is what this country is all about, right? Making a statement, freedom of speech. You know, he didn't call any names or made any lewd gestures. And uh, for whatever reason, it seems like everybody has a problem with it. Michael, how do you feel about it? Well, you know what? Uh, here's the problem. Uh, Colin, like Black Lives Matter and the other groups, every time they... What other groups? Them, Let's be specific. Well, we can talk about Black Lives Matters. We can talk about the Spartacus group, and we can talk about other groups. But uh, when and when you make it into race, 1,100 citizens in this country are killed by the police every year. The majority of them are white. As a libertarian, I want to talk about, and this is where Collins may be starting to get a little education on this, is I want to talk about the militarization of our police. I want to talk about the warrior cops. And I want to talk about real things instead of making it into a racial issue. Now, I think what's really interesting for the general public is I think they're shocked that so many athletes are back in college. But if you've ever been with football players and lived with football players and been among them, they're very anti-police, okay? And, and why is that? Well, because I'm going to get really specific. I can say because I trained them, I live with them, they've been my roommates, what have you. A lot of them have grown up where they've been not treated well because they're in, they're in a situation of low-income uh, neighborhoods. They're kicked on. And a lot of them... And that has nothing to do with race? Drugs before. So that's one, are taking drugs. And, and that's something that public doesn't want to admit how many of the NFL guys actually do take drugs, recreational drugs. So, well, that, well, that's you know, not relevant to our topic today. It, it obviously... me why they don't like the sleep, so it is relevant. Well, whether whether they're taking drugs or not, that has nothing to do with whether, they, you know, their dislike for the police. If you've lived in some of the neighborhoods where, you know, you do realize that the NFL is predominantly black. So, yes, they have had that experience. The thing about it is is that when black America speaks up and we say, hey, look, we don't like this. This isn't happening. Then we have all these hosts of people that are like, no, you guys are just suffering silence. Be quiet while I enjoy my white privilege because I don't want to hear you. And that's what it feels like to black people. And that's why we speak up. Don't people don't understand that this movement that we've had the black lives matter movement the reason why it's important is that all these other groups whether it was homosexuals whether it was hispanics whether it was jews whether it was indians have all framed their argument based upon civil rights but when they got their rights when or whatever it is that they were given because of it the black people who they framed their argument from were left out. So this time we're like, you know what? No, that's not going to happen. We're going to speak up for ourselves, and if anyone has a problem with it, then they have to take that up with themselves. Do you realize the cops laugh every time black lives in these groups 
it a black issue because then you don't speak about what needs to be changed. They love it. They love it because you'll never get anything done. We have a problem Why? when 1,100 citizens are killed. And in Germany, Britain, and France, only seven are killed in a year. And we have a problem. I have many military people that work for me in my gym. Um, and they tell me, my guys, that the, the rules of engagement are stricter in Afghanistan and Iraq than our police officers have in this country. We have major issues that have to be solved. And here's the thing, Colin, okay, I'm glad you're finally getting educated, but you should never also be ever protesting the flag. A black, Why? Every black Why? person in this country, every black person in this country should be protesting the national anthem. Do you, have you read the national anthem? The national anthem, okay, Francis Scott Keyes, if you read the whole national anthem, is what? No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or gloom of the brave. The blacks at the time were going with the British. Why? And when they I guess America was treating us so great that we just wanted to stay on their side, right? I'm not talking, I'm telling you, so if you, if you want to be educated, you actually should be protesting the national anthem. Not the flag. He, but he okay, wasn't protesting so. any of that. What he was protesting is the treatment of blacks in the United States. White America has made it about the flag. And by the way, we're on the same side, and this is exactly what I'm talking. I'm on your side. I don't think we're. I don't. I'm more black than you are, for sure. What? You're more black than I am. My friends will tell you I'm one of the most black men alive. I actually was in Michael Dyson's class at Brown University. Malcolm X class. Brother, that's in, that's that's the problem because white America, you're not in the in the fact that you would even say that is an absolute lie because if it was true, then you would switch places with black people. White America, they know exactly what's going on, and that's why they don't want to switch places with black America. When we talk about truth, when we can be honest, when you don't make asinine statements like I'm more black than you, you have no idea what I've been through in my life. You don't have any idea what it was, and you'll never understand it till you spend a day into our skin. The fact that you would say something so ignorant like that lets me know that you don't understand. The fact that you don't understand what he was standing up for lets me know that you're out of touch. And that's what's wrong with America. You're so out of touch. He didn't protest against cops. He was protesting about the overall treatment, but people like you want to take it and misconstrue it. Of course, Black Lives Matter. The fact that we have to say it should... Listen, brother. Is, is my brother is a cop, so he's on the streets every day, and I pray for him that he's safe. I'm not worried about. Yes, how many of them are? Look, the Department of Justice just said that the that the police are full of people who are ex-military, and a lot of them are white supremacists. That's from the Department of Justice itself. You wanted to come in here and you want to smooth me over with this. I've taken these classes from Eric Dyson or whatever. See, there's a difference between learning about racism and experiencing it, my friend. You've learned about it from a book. I've experienced it, so you can't tell me about it. I've lived in Mexico for three years in Mexico City. I've lived in some of the biggest hellholes that you would you would uh, mess your pants in if you ever were. Sure. Are you to talk to me in this way? Do your research. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anybody out there would laugh at you. 
Yeah, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to laugh at a black guy who lets a white guy say he's more black than me. Come on, man. That's the most racist shit I ever heard. Come on. See, you're dealing with an educated black man who's not afraid to be. I'm unapologetically black, sir. And I know what I'm talking about. The ignorance that you're spewing, it sounds like you've been watching Facebook, uh, fucking Fox News for for the last year. See, that's white people's problem is that they get their information about black people from white sources. It bothers it bothers white America. Just be honest. If you're gonna be here, let's be honest. Why would you even make that statement? I didn't question your blackness because you wanted me to co-sign it, and I'm not. It's bullshit. I'm gonna tell you why. You wanna know why? Give me a second. I wanted to poke the bear and show you that you were gonna go off on this whole black thing instead of talking about the real issue. What is the real issue? Why is why is it always listen listen why is it that when black people bring up their issues oh uh, you're making it racial do you realize that our where have you been at what history are you reading like the white supremacy history book or something have you not looked at are you reading it because that's this rhetoric that you're spewing next you're going to start telling me that black sold each other into slavery and that black on black crime is the reason why you know America's has this problem right. A man with two college degrees is ignorant. Why? Because I won't sit here and let you spew rhetoric. Why? Because I won't let you hit, sit here and spew rhetoric. What did Callan? Well, listen. You said we should be protesting the anthem. If if white America was as concerned about the lives of black people as they are about this ideological flag, then we would be somewhere better. Say what? Do what research, what research is that should I do? Should I go? Research would be the I should go. More white people are killed by black people. Okay, that's a, that's a new point because the population is higher. So, brother, I agree with that. We're not disagreeing with that. Okay, who? Let me ask you a question. You're right about those things. We agree on that. But who is it falling on? Blacks and Latinos. Did you know, Mr. Educated, did you know that blacks are four times as likely to be pulled over as whites, but whites are four times as likely to have drugs when they're pulled over? See, we don't want to talk about that. Every time a black person brings up an issue, it's like, oh, quit bitching. Oh, uh, there's no proper way. Now, when they're in Milwaukee and they're tearing shit up because they're mad, oh, that's a riot. No, a riot is when a whole bunch of guys get fucking hyped because they've watched a hockey game and they want to go rip shit up. When people are tired of seeing their people being murdered, being persecuted in and out of the streets, that's a revolt. There's a difference. But people don't want to have a real... My goal is very simple. I want to rein in police power. And if I was in charge of these activist groups and had the power, I wouldn't put out a black person being killed by the police. I would put up a white person, which happens every day. You see some of the stories. Go to Cop Lock, one of my favorite websites. Go to Cop Lock. Every day you see five people getting killed by a police officer. Okay? Go and show a mother who gets killed by a crazy cop and then make that the story. And the goal would be what? To rein in the police power and stop the militarization of the police. Who, who is bearing the brunt of all of this? That's my question. How can you not? All 
suburban white people hear black issue, they turn the TV off. <laughs> that, that's no surprise. That's no surprise either. So, which is which is the point? Which is the exact point that no matter what blacks do, there's not a proper way for her to do it. Why should we let white America determine for us how we're going to pursue freedom or our ideal of it? Why should a white American say, "Hey, black guy, no, that's not okay for you to protest like this," but it is? Colin Kaepernick, he didn't call any names. He didn't point any fingers. He didn't gesture. He stood up for what's right. Kaepernick, here's the thing. If you, here's the thing that you're missing. If you go on TV and the radio, you see this. I'm, I'm on radio. I'm all up on Colin Kaepernick on this, okay, but I just wish he was educated. Who says he isn't educated? He was very articulate. Because what? what why? Is it the problem that he he's not using a Eurocentric mindset when he's saying what he's saying? No, he's first couple statements where he's protesting the flag instead of the national anthem and then he made comments that more blacks were killed by the police can, can you understand why mr education can you understand why the american flag wouldn't mean the same thing to black america as it does to whites can you understand that can you understand that when whites look at the flag and they see this in the style you should understand this because you're blacker than me right that's what you said you should i, I should be arguing your point And who has and who doesn't? This is the same 20 years ago. I was sitting at a class in Brown University with three jobs to get myself through school, okay? And here are these black kids who are driving Porsches and are from Beverly Hills. Oh, they're more black than me? Give me a break. Why wouldn't they be? You got a trust fund. You got a Porsche. You can't take take one. Did Did you know that at the turn, did you know that? Did you know that after the Civil War, the blacks economically held one half, less than one half of one percent of the total economy? And you know how much they hold of the economy today? The same amount. And I guess it's just that blacks don't want to pull themselves up by the bootstrap, right? I guess that. Unfortunately, 99 percent of whites and blacks don't have the economy because the economy is controlled by 0.31 percent. Same families from the Rothschilds, all we got. We agree with that, brother. 99% of everything. Why Why does white America have a problem with black people standing up for themselves? It isn't white America. Then who? Green America. Green America. It that's, doesn't. It, it, that's a common enemy. And by the way, that's a common enemy. Green America doesn't want blacks or anybody else that are in the back of the line. That's what black people have been trying to tell American society for whatever reason for so long. But what happens is... Through the media, through proper, uh, through propaganda, it's like, oh, well, listen, middle class white people, even though you've been going through the same thing that blacks have, lower class white people, you're better than them. At least you're not them. So it keeps it divided. And every time we bring up an issue and it doesn't make white America comfortable, then we're being race baiters. We're bringing race haters. We're dividing. No, we're just, let's just talk about it. That's where black America is. Let's talk about it. Let's be honest. Let's not hide anymore because that's what happened. Oh, well, we don't want to talk about that. Let's voting for Trump. Are you voting for Hillary? I'm not voting for either one of those. I'm not voting at all. Why would I vote? No, no, we don't choose the president. It, the electoral electoral college is going to choose them. I'm not participating in that. 
I've studied politics. I have a degree in politics. So I understand thoroughly how it works. It's If you want to get more of that conversation between Michael and Israel, check out KJAGRadio.com. The uh, interview is posted over there at KJAGRadio.com. We're going to take a 60-second timeout. When we come back, we will talk to Donna Carol Voss. It is the World Famous Chief Jaguar Radio Program back here in a few moments. Why is it important for Christians to stay informed about what non-Christians are thinking and feeling? This is the Creation Moments Minute. There are so many lives that God wants you and me to touch. Many people who will not hear God's word from our lips will see our lives, and lives that follow Christ deliver a message. The worse the world looks, the more hopeless the world's news makes people. The greater the hopelessness, the clearer the message of the Christian life is. Yes, God still does care about all the people he made. Millions of people today feel locked into purposeless lives controlled by what they think is the mindless chance that created them. You and I need to know what they believe. We need to be informed Christians so we can make the witness of His truth more meaningful to them. For Creation Moments Minutes, I'm Darren Marlar. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar Show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast, coast to coast and boulder to boulder on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher. Brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our app, JiggyJaguar.us, if you want to download that. If you missed our interview with Anne-Marie Huff, it is going to be posted on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. It was quite the... Quite the interesting go-around with Anne. <laughs> and uh, right now, our show regular on our program uh, each and every week around this time is Donna Carol Voss. She joins us live here on the broadcast, DonnaCarolVoss.com. Hail to the Chief, ten questions to ask every Oval Office candidate. Truth, you can't handle the truth, is the topic today. Donna, how are you? Again? <laughs> I said truth. You can't handle the truth. How are oh, you today? Yeah. I'm fine, thank you. I can't handle that, but I can handle the truth. Now, uh, the memorable movie line uttered dramatically by icon Jack Nicholson fits both the media and the miscreants to a T. The felons dubbed protesters can't wait for the truth before rioting, burning, and looting, and the media can't wait to film the show. Out in front are overstuffed, quote-unquote, leaders who make their living by fanning the flames of misery with mediocrity and misdirection. Donna Carol Voss is today. She has more than a few thoughts on truth, justice, and the new Afro-American way with her latest publication, Don't Kid Yourself, The Charlotte Video Matters. First of all, Donna, tell us a little bit about the pattern. It seems to be repeating itself. Every police shooting of a black American protest, riot, investigate, acquit, riot more anyway. Does anyone care about the truth? Tell us a little bit about this. Just to clarify, I don't think it's the new Afro-American way. I, I okay. think, obviously, it's a huge theme there, and it's obviously black Americans being shot. But the people protesting are not all black Americans. I mean, I think this is a a progressive or a left or a 
very sad development that we're happening where it just does not matter. And we saw it again last night in the debates. I mean, I have watched and listened and read to just about everything I can get my hands on. And you know what? If you thought it before the debate, you think it today. It doesn't matter what anyone said or did. And same thing with the, the video. It does not matter what that video showed. And I, I, wrote, I wrote that piece before the video was released. And I do think that, you know, the, the chief of police in Charlotte had a had, a, had the right intention, trying not to inflame things, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And so ultimately he released the video and the wife had filmed her own version. And what did we get? Nothing. We got, we got no proof, no, no decisiveness. And so it's just more and more and more of people saying what they believe, seeing what they believe. And it's, it's almost like it doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter what, what the facts are. It just, it just doesn't matter. People are going to stick to whatever they have decided is true, and they'll make the facts match the truth. You know, if, if that video came out and showed that the shooting was unprovoked, great, there's the proof. If it came out and showed that there was a gun in um, Keith, is it Keith Scott, I forget his name right now, Keith Scott's hand and that he was advancing on the police officer, there'd be all this hue and cry about Photoshop, Photoshop. Yep. It is Donna Carol Voss. She's with us today here in our broadcast, coast to coast, border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. And uh, we are 48 minutes past the hour. Thanks for joining us here. Donna Carol Voss has her fantastic new book, Hail to the Chief, 10 Questions to Ask Every Oval Office Candidate. She's with us today here on the broadcast. Why is the mainstream media not more disdainful of protests that become riots? Well, I think that's like biting the hand that feeds them. They want right for ratings and for viewers and for all of that i mean this is just candy for them i i I don't think we're looking for the media for an arbiter of anything you know it used to be that that the purpose of journalism was was to speak truth to power and i mean that went by the wayside a long time ago and i personally prefer to watch people who are very um who are commentators rather than journalists because at least they're up front about their agenda so I, I think the media just feeds on this stuff. Give us a little bit more details on that, Donna. Well, if you think about it, I mean, when when it's born, like the news, right? I know people. I wouldn't make this choice myself, but people who don't listen or watch to the watch the news because it's nothing but negative. It's true. I mean, um, the kitten was saved. The little boy came home safely. Those things are just boring, right? They look for the salacious. Uh, the you know the really dramatic the intense the, the, the race racial um, homophobic whatever I mean they just that is how they make their living yep. and so they they have no interest in in quel- squelching it and they shouldn't anyway it's not their job to squelch it but I do think that I do think that they they are complicit in this problem and I don't know that they really realize that I saw somebody on Twitter I think it was Mark Lamont Hill who's a professor. African-American professor, don't quote me, but I think he's a <coughs> I like yes. following him because he has such a different point of view than I do. And he said, basically, we need these things to be videoed, because meaning the protests. We need to protest because that's what gets, us on, gets them on TV, and only if they get on TV do people care. So yep. it's almost like they're using each other. The protesters and the media are using each other. We've got Donna Carol Voss with us today. She joins us live here on the telephone each and every week around this time. We discuss some of the different issues of the day. Today's topic, truth, you can't handle the truth. Donna Carol Voss with us today here on our program. Is there a connection between the recent acts of jihadist terror and the riots? 
Well, don't you think? I mean, how could there not be? Overall, the concept is people who have decided that their way is their only way, right? My way or the highway. And yep. we'll stop at nothing. The, the, the ends justify any means at all. So, yeah, I think there's that connection. I also think there's a whole um, fraying or, or, or <laughs> frattering is not a word, but that's the word that comes to mind. Frattering of our society and civilization where, you know, it used to be that people would restrain themselves. They, you know, self-discipline was important. Uh, before the whole social justice craze happened, uh, I love Ben Shapiro's comment, justice does not need a modifier. <laughs> yes. Justice does not need a modifier. But, you know, before when people were raised with some sense of morality and usually the Bible, they were taught that the biggest obstacle we had to conquer in life was our own nature, our greediness, our, our slovenliness, our, our selfishness, whatever. So, so that's what people focused on. And go figure, we had overall a, betterly, a better kind of functioning society where the rules mattered and people could follow the rules. There were still always exceptions and breaking of rules, but for the most part, the system worked. And now you have people who think the worst thing out there is uh, a man who says uh, uh, Miss America was fat. Yep. Donna Carol Voss with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast, coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Stitcher and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. Hail to the Chief is the latest from Donna Carol Voss. And uh, before we get back into uh, our topic here, Donna, how's the book doing? It's great. Gets this. I <coughs> excuse me. I sent an autographed copy to Donald Trump last week. I said, you know what? Hey, uh, Mr. Trump, I wrote this book in part uh, for you for whatever candidates would be in the final final two, and here you are. And you know, go go Trump. And uh, I don't know. I sent it to Trump Tower. Whatever. You never know. I could be the needle in the haystack that he picks up and goes, "Wow, this book is just." Fantastic. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Donna Carol Voss with us today. DonnaCarolVoss.com is the website. Hail to the Chief. Ten questions to ask every Oval Office candidate. And uh, Donna 